Welcome to our teaching today, where Christ's Word is the center of our world. We are about to listen to the undiluted Word of God from the throne of grace with Pastor Philip Ransom Bello. So let's say a word of prayer together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your Word. The Bible says that the entrance of it gives light and understanding to the simple. And Lord, I pray that our eyes truly will be enlightened, that we would know what is the hope of your calling in our lives we would know what is the reaches of the glory of the inheritance in us we would understand the exceeding greatness of your power that is at work in us we will come to see also um, the, the fact that you have made us righteous in Christ Jesus our eyes will be enlightened to this truth in the name of Jesus Christ we have prayed and everybody say amen amen so we such a joy um, once again to connect with you in this season and I want you to know that um, in the teaching of God's word you would have peace in your heart you would have assurance in your spirit um, the spirit of God would be talking to you about many things and reassuring you about many things so uh, I'm ready for the word of God if you are get your notepads and your iPads your pen and your paper and let's go straight into the word of God so on Sunday um, our last conversation, we talked about the five irrefutable truths of the gospel. And I'm, I'll just give like a very quick recap for the benefit of those who did not join our online service for Sunday. The first thing we said is that our sins have been forgiven. That's what the gospel declares, that our sins have been forgiven. And the forgiveness of sin is a provision to the whole world, not just to the church. But there's a difference between knowing that our sins have been forgiven and receiving that forgiveness that has been provided for us. So we understand now that our sins have been forgiven. Uh, scripture says in Acts chapter 13 verse 38 that through this man Jesus is preached the forgiveness of sins. And that's the first thing we said on Sunday. And uh, secondly, we talked about how that we have been freed from the power of sin. We've been freed from the bondage of sin. And um, we took our text from Romans chapter 6 from verse 1. And we read all the way down to about verse 12. And you go back and read it. It's going to be a blessing to you. You know that the old man has been crucified. And therefore you are no longer a servant to sin anymore. And number three we said that we are free from the power of the law right? Uh, the strength of sin is the law. If there is no rule or there is no law as pertaining anything, um, you cannot be said to have transgressed if there was no law in the first place. But because there was a law, uh, because there is a rule, uh, the transgression of that law is what leads to sin. So the power of sin is actually the law. And the Bible says, sin shall not have dominion over you because you are not under the law but you are under grace and that is so powerful to know so god has delivered us from the power of the law the bible says that christ has become the end of the law to us who believe in romans chapter 10 verse 4. also importantly we said that number four that he took away our sicknesses away completely that your sicknesses has been taken away because your sins have been forgiven we walk in health and we walk in wholeness. And that's one of the benefits of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
Number five, we also said that we have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And we took a text from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. We also looked at uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 9, where Paul said, And being found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law. So um, Paul is declaring that he is found in Christ, not with his own righteousness, but with the righteousness that he has received from God through Jesus Christ. And um, in this teaching today, I want to show us the benefits of what it means to say that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The benefit of your righteousness. Um, it is important to us um, as believers because we must be righteousness conscious. Uh, something that um, E.W. Kenyon said, which is very key to the body of Christ, he said the problem of the church is not sin. The problem of the church is not sin, but the problem of the church is sin consciousness. Because sin is no longer the problem of the church. Sin is not the problem of the church. The Bible says that John looked at Jesus and he said to Jesus, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the whole world. The sin problem has been dealt with. Whether we like it or not, that is the truth of the gospel. That the sin problem has been dealt with. But the problem is not sin, it's sin consciousness. And this is where we need to educate the body of Christ and we need to understand um, um, the benefits of righteousness, consciousness, and move away from sin consciousness. Because sin consciousness is deadly and would lead you to even walk and live in sin at the end of the day. So, um, in today's teaching, let's go right straight into the conversation of your righteousness in Christ Jesus. Praise God. So, if you have your paths, let's go ahead right into the Word of God. Um, first of all, what is the thing that reveals the fact that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? Let's take our first text from Romans chapter 1, verse 16. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. Um, is a popular scripture very powerful uh, this is something that we all should uh, memorize Romans chapter 1 verse 16 praise the Lord hallelujah it says for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth the Bible says the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, not to everyone who does. So the power of God unto your salvation is the gospel because you believed, not because you did anything. Christ has done everything and you believe uh, what Christ has done and that's how you get saved. Uh, so it says to the Jew first and also to the Greek. But look at verse 17. Verse 17 says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. Praise God. The righteousness of God is revealed by the gospel. So the gospel, the introduction of the gospel in the scripture 
is the revelation of the righteousness of God. So when you see the scripture say the righteousness of God, it tells you that there are other kinds of righteousness, right, that is not of God. So uh, Paul explains this also in the book of Romans. And let me show you two basic types of righteousness before we go uh, deeper in our conversation this this evening. Um, Romans chapter 10 verse 1. Romans chapter 10 verse 1. The two kinds of righteousness that we see here. Romans chapter 10 verse 1. It says, um, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Now this is Paul talking. He says, For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God. Now I don't know if this reminds you of anything or reminds you of um, religious behavior. But pay attention to the scripture and see what Paul is trying to say here. He says, For they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. So it is possible to be so zealous about the things of God and be very ignorant about what God is doing right now. So he says, um, your zeal is there, but there is no knowledge. It's not according to knowledge. So verse 3 says, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness. Now we see back in Romans chapter 1 verse 6, I mean, Romans chapter 1 verse 17 saying, saying that for therein is the righteousness of God. That is, for in the gospel is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. So we also see here um, uh, in verse 3 of chapter 10, Romans chapter 10 verse 3, saying, For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, right, have not submitted themselves Unto the righteousness of God. What this is saying to you and I is that we need to submit our own righteousness to the righteousness of God. Because if you are going to walk properly in the dispensation that God has designed for the church to be in right now, following the finished work of Christ on the cross of Calvary, you have to submit your own righteousness to the righteousness of God. And the righteousness of God is simple. It's by believing. And if we keep reading. Um, it says, for Christ is the end of the law. Verse 4. For righteousness to everyone that believeth. Then look at verse 5. It says, for Moses described the righteousness which is of the law. Now, it, it brings you to the conversation of Moses. And the kind of righteousness that Moses is prescribing. And which is what I see the church today um, calling righteousness and I want you to know that um, righteousness has nothing to do first with what you do mark my words it has nothing to do first with what you do righteousness has everything to do with what Christ has done your response to what Christ has done is to believe and guess what right believing would always produce right living. Wrong believing would always produce wrong living. So, your righteousness has no basis of standing before God from what you do for, for yourself. I mean, if you look at Ephesians chapter 
2 verse 8 it says for by grace are you saved through faith you are saved by grace through faith it's not of your works not of works you know lest any man should boast so you are not saved by what you did or how well you performed and God was pleased with your performance that's not how you get righteous but in contrast to the Old Testament uh, Jews and people they had to do certain things to be righteous and if they kept the law and those things that they had to do is what the law was given for and the 613 requirements if they kept the law uh, then they attain a state of righteousness and if they are righteous then they qualify for a blessing so before God blesses the people they have to keep the law they have to be seen as righteous and therefore they have to attain the blessing of God and they have to enjoy the blessings of God um, healing they have to enjoy prosperity they have to enjoy um, increase in their livestock in their field in their grains and, and all of that but we thank God because Christ has become the end of the law that's a conversation so you have bypassed the law you have bypassed what the Israelites the Jews had to live by to become righteous and that's why Paul is saying that Christ has become to you the end of the law as long as you put your faith in Jesus Christ so the question now is how do we become righteous if there is no law for us to keep how how is this righteousness ours and that's a very good question but let's keep reading um, Romans 10 so we see that the two kinds of righteousness here is the righteousness of the law and secondly the righteousness by faith the righteousness that Moses prescribes and secondly the righteousness that Jesus uh, brings and offers to you and I so verse 6 says but the righteousness it begins with but because there is a previous conversation it says but the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise say not in thy heart now let, let me let me establish something here that the righteousness which is of the law which Moses uh, would do or which Moses prescribed to the people is the type that you have to do to be righteous but the righteousness which is of faith speaketh praise God you know the Bible says that with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation so this is a speaking type this is the believing and the speaking type not the one that you have to do praise God so we see here that the two kinds of righteousness has been established in the scripture and I want you to submit your own righteousness to the righteousness of God in this season and that's what the church needs to be um, it's not about being a religious person it's not about keeping all the laws those are not the things that make you righteous it's not about um, not not um, um, telling lies not committing murder not it's not keeping those things that make you righteous but it is receiving what Christ has done by believing in Jesus Christ that's what makes you righteous and and here is what it does your the consciousness of your righteousness makes you do those things that the law is asking you to do without you even necessarily having to observe the law uh, right now the motivation for 
living right is not the law but the motivation for living right or what produces right living let me put it that way is the love of God um, if, if a law is passed in the house you have to keep certain rules and regulations in the house in an apartment all that happens um, um, possibly without a relationship with the one who gave the law or who gave the rule you know it might be someone you are closely related to or not but if there is love right in your heart and there is relationship between you and the person you are with um, that love relationship will make you do things that will please the person who you know by every standard should have given the law right but because of love there, there is no need for a law if you know what I mean so you just go ahead and do the things that are right because it is motivated and inspired by love and that's the kind of righteousness that God has brought you and I to today so my prayer is that the church will become more conscious of the righteousness which is by faith not the righteousness which is um, of works or by the law that was prescribed by Moses I want to show you something here um, how do we build the consciousness of this righteousness how do we build the consciousness of this righteousness first of all before I even talk about that let me show you another scripture how is the righteousness of God uh, 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 imparted into you let's see Romans chapter 5 verse 17 it says for if by one man's offense death reigned by one much more they which receive now see the word there receives is they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness so two things here the Bible here is saying that we have received we have received abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness so the righteousness in the New Testament the righteousness of God is not worked for but the righteousness of God is received you you did not work for it you didn't attain it you did you didn't do anything to to get that righteousness by your own merit or by your own works the Bible says that you have received that righteousness so let's move on to um, the consciousness how do we build the consciousness of righteousness and I want to show you just one scripture on how you build that consciousness of righteousness that you have um, Isaiah chapter 45 verse 23 Isaiah chapter 45 verse verse 23 praise God Isaiah chapter 45 verse 23 it's a very interesting scripture it says I have sworn by myself the word is gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return that unto me every knee shall bow every tongue shall swear then look at verse 24 it says surely shall one say I want you to mark that word say surely shall one say in the Lord have I righteousness and strength now let's take that again it says surely shall one say in the Lord have I righteousness and strength so for you to build a consciousness of righteousness you have to keep saying and keep declaring that you are the righteousness of God 
in Christ Jesus. That's how you imbibe the consciousness of righteousness that you are in Christ Jesus. You know something about Joseph? Um, Joseph knew the right things to do in the absence of the law. So he had a consciousness of righteousness. At that time, the law was not even given. And he just knew the right things to do. So let's go straight into the benefits. What are the benefits of having the consciousness of righteousness by faith? The righteousness that you are in Christ Jesus. What are the benefits of this? So we'll start from uh, um, number one, Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Uh, the benefits of the consciousness of righteousness. You can write this down. Number one, it makes you live right. The consciousness of righteousness makes you live right. So let's see Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Oh, praise God. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. It's a scripture that we all know. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. This is powerful. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. Now, let's see how the Amplified Version um, puts Romans chapter 12, verse 1. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you in view of all the mercies of God. Now, it says, in view. Let, let the mercies of God be your perspective. That's what he's saying. In view of all the mercies of God, which is knowing that you have been forgiven, knowing that you are righteous because of his mercy and his grace, in view of all of that, um, to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God. So, it is in view of the mercies of God, it is in perspective of his grace and his love towards you that you present your bodies holy and acceptable to God. It is when you are conscious of his righteousness, when you are conscious that you are righteous, it is this consciousness that makes you live right. You know, um, if you have, for example, um, a daughter, a, a, a um, let's say... An eight-year-old daughter who um, sometimes forget that she's a girl and she's probably surrounded by five brothers and she's the only girl uh, sometimes she behaves like a guy and maybe the mother would one day walk up to her and say don't you know that you are a girl now um, the mother is saying to her behave like a girl because you are a girl the mother is saying to her be conscious of your identity and likewise, um, behave in accordance to your identity. Now, it is not the behavior of the girl that is making the girl a girl. Um, she's already a girl. She, she was a girl from the day of her birth. The, the day you were born again, from the day of your new birth in Christ, you have become righteous, not by what you do, but because you have received his righteousness. Now, um, 
it is your consciousness of your righteousness in Christ that makes you live accordingly. So if you always remember who you are, if you remember you're a man of God, you behave like a man of God. If you remember you're a woman of God, you always behave like a woman of God. If you're conscious of who you are everywhere you go, wherever you are, if you're conscious that you are the righteousness of God in Christ, you're righteous, some things don't fit you anymore. So, it is that consciousness that makes you live right. So, um, Paul says in Romans 12 that in view of the mercies of God, uh, present your bodies as a living sacrifice and holy and acceptable to God. Number two, benefit of uh, your righteousness in Christ or the consciousness of your righteousness is that you walk in dominion. You walk in dominion. That's number two. And we see that in Romans chapter 5 verse 17. Let me show you. Romans chapter 5 verse 17. Praise God. Romans chapter 5 verse 17. It says, For if by one man's offense, that is Adam, death reigned by Adam, that is by one, much more. So what Adam did is a caricature uh, in comparison to what Christ did. So it's much more. They which receive abundance of grace, you know we shared the scripture earlier on, and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Now the Bible says that you reign in life because you have received the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. Now I want you to know that in the beginning Adam actually reigned. Uh, for a short while though, he reigned. He, Adam was just like God. He was created in the image of God. And the Bible says that God would come in the cool of the evening and he would fellowship with Adam. Uh, Adam named all the animals. He, he, he was taking charge. God gave him the command. He says, uh, be fruitful, multiply, subdue, replenish, and all of that. Have dominion over the earth. So Adam actually had dominion over the earth. I mean, Adam was in the class of God. He was, he was in the God class. He was operating not in the human realm that you and I know today. <laughs> Praise God. In fact, the Adam was Adam did not need education, like I would say. Adam education is a result of the fall. We are trying to educate people today, right now, because of what we lost in, in, in Christ. So, so Adam, Adam was in full awareness of who he was in God. I mean, he would multi, he would cross several dimensions. That's that's Adam. He walked in dominion. Now, the Bible here says, um, because he had an offense, he fell. Death began to reign from. Adam up until um, Moses and then um, from the from the time Jesus Christ came uh, we have now received the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness therefore we reign to reign means to have dominion now I want you to know that the instrument of your reigning is your consciousness of your righteousness look because you are righteous you you command some things to happen and they will happen because you have received the gift of righteousness. And you are conscious that you are righteous. You are not trying to be righteous. You are righteous in Christ already. And by that, you reign over sickness, 
You reign over poverty. You reign over the obstacles of life. And you declare your reign because you have received the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. Praise God. This is so powerful. That's number two. Number three, um, consciousness of your righteousness produces confidence in prayer. And this is very powerful. Um, a lot of people don't have confidence in prayer when they come before God to pray. And the reason is because they feel God is not happy with them and God will not hear their prayers. You see, you must know that God hears your prayer. Jesus said something to the disciples. He says, no longer would I need to pray the Father for you anymore. But in that day you would ask the Father in my name. And because the Father loves you, he will grant to you your petition. So you don't have to come by me praying to the Father for you anymore. But now you can talk to the Father yourself. And how do we see the literal evidence of this? We see that when the Bible says that the veil was torn into two when Jesus died. And what does that symbolize? It means that the Jews who would need the medium of a high priest to go into the holies of holies no longer needed the medium of the high priest anymore. Uh, so everybody can now come boldly before the throne of grace because the veil that separated the people from God, the Ark of the Covenant, which was a representation of His Shekinah glory, that veil has been torn from top to bottom. So nobody takes the glory um, in the tearing of that veil because it was from a high place to a low point. Right? So you can now come boldly before the throne of grace. Everybody can come and access the mercy seat and there is no segregation or demarcation on that mercy seat. And what, what is that saying to you and I? It's saying to you and I that um, God is not going to hear somebody else's prayer uh, quicker than he will hear yours. Don't let that disturb your theology, but that is so true. That God is listening to your prayer because you are in Christ Jesus. And I want you to know that there is power when you pray. You must be conscious of your righteousness in Christ. So let's see James chapter 5 verse 16. James chapter 5 verse 16. James chapter 5 verse 16. Praise God. James chapter 5 verse 16 it says, uh, confess your faults one to another and pray uh, one for another that ye may be healed. Now look at verse Look at the same verse, but the B part of the same verse it says, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Now you and I know who a righteous man is. A righteous man is the one who has received uh, the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness by believing in Jesus Christ. So the Bible says that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. What makes your prayer avail much has to be the consciousness that you are righteous. You know, I, 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 I hear a lot of people when they come before God, if they have not said, Father, forgive me for everything that I've done today. Forgive me for the ones I know. Forgive me for the sins unknowingly. You know, we even cram it in our head. Let me see how we put it. Father, forgive me for all my sins, both knowingly and unknowingly. The one I know, the one I don't know. You know, <laughs> Um, 
you have to be conscious of your righteousness in Christ Jesus. Right? Now, now someone asked me a question, Pastor Phil, is it wrong to say to God, forgive me for all my sins? Um, is it wrong to say that? I now reply the person that by saying, you asking God to forgive you is not what determines your forgiveness. Your forgiveness has happened by a sacrifice before you even committed the sin in the first place. But you saying, I am sorry, is more or less like having a shared relationship with a loved one. You are having an intimate relationship with your father. And because you are sorry about something, there is nothing wrong with saying, I am sorry. But the truth is, you saying, I am sorry, is not what produces the forgiveness. The forgiveness has been provided but if you say I am sorry that is on the basis of your relationship with God and knowing that you are a son who is talking to his father you know um, um, John was writing he says um, if anyone sin we have an advocate with the father now um, think about it who has an advocate with a father normally it's supposed to be an advocate with a judge but you see the good thing is you're not talking to a judge you're talking to a father satan is the accuser of the brethren he would come accuse you before your father but you must realize that you have a relationship and what you did does not dethrone you as a son it doesn't disown you if you permit me to put it that way you are a son and it doesn't change it if you have children you have a son you have a daughter if your son does something that is wrong, does that thing stop your son from being your son? He still remains your son, even though you discipline him, but he still remains your son. And here is the truth of the gospel. No matter what you do, um, you still remain righteous in Christ. Number one, you still remain a son to your father. Even though what you did is wrong, and the reason why you did what you did is because you were not conscious of who you are as a son and that's what it is but you don't lose your sonship because of what you do you know paul said something he says um let such things or a number of things that were reported to paul in the corinthian church he says let not such things be named amongst you as becometh saints so he's saying because you're already saints let these things not be named amongst you so um, you must understand that your confidence before God in prayer is on the basis of what Christ has already done, not you. So you must be confident in prayer. Some of us can't pray if we haven't said, Father, forgive me for all my sins. You know, if some of us feel that we will not go to heaven if we don't pray that prayer. You know, you, you will not know when the trumpet will sound. You, will, you can't tell when the trumpet is going to sound. So, because if you know, I mean, God is wiser than you. God is wiser than all of us. He's not a loser. He's not going to lose people on the basis of them asking uh, uh, his children, asking him to forgive uh, uh, them for something they have done before they go to heaven. I mean, it's going to come like a thief in the night, right? But the truth is we're, we're prepared. We're prepared. And it's a comforting thing when you hear about the rapture, something that should comfort you. So, um, um, all those prayers, it, it, it's, they are, 
they are a reflection of guilt and they are a reflection of sin consciousness which you need to be delivered from you're dealing with your father who loves you and who has made you righteous regardless of what you've done or what you didn't do if you read um, um, 7 Corinthians chapter 5 verse verse 21 it says he made him who knew no sin to be seen for us now if God made Jesus sin what did Jesus do to be seen he didn't do anything uh, but he was made sin then the next phrase now says that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So it goes by to say that if Jesus didn't do anything to be sin, you didn't do anything to be righteous. You were made righteous and you, it's something that you received, not something you worked for. So in the place of prayer, be assured that God hears your prayer. You have to be. Quit all the frantic praying because you are guilty or because you are afraid, or because you feel there was a distance between you and God. That happened in the Old Testament, but Jesus Christ has partitioned, he has, he's, he's become the bridge right now. You know, the Bible says that uh, um, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. God is no longer angry with us. That's Romans chapter 5 verse 1. Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. So you are at peace with God, my friend. Praise God. Um, so it gives you confidence in prayer uh, when you are conscious of your righteousness. Then let me show you number four. You walk in healing and health. When you are conscious of your righteousness, you walk in supernatural healing and supernatural health. So let me show you a scripture. Um, Luke chapter 5 verse 22. Luke chapter 5 verse 22. Praise God. Luke chapter 5 verse 22 okay it says but when jesus perceived their thoughts he answered um he answering said unto the woman or said unto them what reason ye in your hearts which is easier to say thy sins be forgiven thee or to say rise up and walk verse 24 but that ye may know that the Son of Man have power upon earth to forgive sins. He said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise and take up thy couch, thy bed, and go into your house. So you see that the, um, the, the fallout of the forgiveness of sin is healing. Um, the fact that Jesus had forgiven the man of his sins is what resulted into healing and it says on the basis of your forgiveness the basis of the fact that i have made you righteous take up your bed and walk praise god so you must know that you walk in divine health because you are the righteousness of god in christ jesus praise god let me show you something in psalms chapter 103 verse 2 we can even start from verse 1 Psalms 103, verse 1. It says, Oh, hallelujah. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Verse 2 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Now, let's see what the benefits are. 
verse 3 says, Who forgiveth all thine iniquities? And then you see a semicolon after who forgives all thine iniquities. And the first thing you see there is, Who healeth all thy diseases? So because your sins have been forgiven, you are healed. Now, um, this is the psalmist who is writing before the cross, but it's a prophetic psalm. Um, I'll rather you say this way Bless the Lord, O my soul And forget not all his benefits So who forgiveth All thine iniquities You can put it this way Who has forgiven me all my iniquities And who has healed All my diseases Who has redeemed my life from destruction So because your sins have been forgiven You automatically walk In divine health and you automatically walk in supernatural healing. So, your righteousness, consciousness, will cause you to walk in health and in healing. Number five, um, you become the attraction of men if you are conscious of your righteousness. You become the attraction of men. Let me show you something in Isaiah chapter 45. Isaiah chapter 45, verse 24. Isaiah chapter 45, verse 24. Glory to God. Isaiah chapter 45, verse 24. It says, Surely shall one say, In the Lord have I righteousness and strength. Even to him shall men come. And he says, For the one who says and who is conscious of his righteousness and strength, even to that same person shall men come. And all that are incensed, Against him shall be ashamed. So the Bible says that men will be attracted to you because you keep declaring your righteousness in Christ. I want you to know that you will call for nations and nations you do not know will respond to you. Why? Because you are conscious of the fact that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It doesn't matter what nation you might be in. When I mean nation, not necessarily geographical nation, but what um, endeavor what field of practice you might be in, in that place I want you to know that men who are of repute and value and honor in that same field of practice that you are will come to your light and to the brightness of your rising. So you become the attraction of men when you are conscious of your righteousness. Praise God. And, and I want you to know that in this season where there's a shutdown and a lot of things are going on, you can attract Men, men will come to you. You might be asking, how is it going to happen? They will find you. They will look for you. You've got to believe this. You've, you've got to um, put God's word to test and, and declare it. It might be in your business. It might be in your, um, in your, in your network. Um, people who you don't believe uh, would reach out to you, would reach out to you. Because you are conscious of the righteousness that you are in Christ Jesus. Praise God. The nations of the earth are coming to you. The Bible says, um, you know, um, the, the, the hills, the, the, the mountains shall be exalted on, on top of the mountains and nations will flow to the top of that mountain. And people will say, come, teach us, show us the ways of the Lord. Um, teach us the statues of, of the Lord. And that's because nations are flowing up to that mountain. They are flowing up against gradient to where you are the place where God has set you. In fact, let me say to you that you are the light of the world 
and a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. You will not be hidden in the name of Jesus in this period. Your light will shine. Your light will break forth. Your light will break out and break forth. So here is my word of um, counsel and instruction to, to somebody who is listening to the sound of my voice. Break out from that little tent where you are in your mind. Break the bushels in your mind. Break the limitations in your mind. Begin to break out to the left, to the right and expand your horizon because men and nations are coming to you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Number, glory to God. Number six, the consciousness of your righteousness will enable you to walk in love and in forgiveness. And that's so powerful because we must know um, that walking in love and forgiveness is an outflow of knowing that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and that our sins have been forgiven. Um, let's see Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32 glory to God Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32 it says and be kind one to another tender hearted forgiving one another even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you so because God for Christ's sake has forgiven you he has made you righteous it is in view of all of this that you'll be kind to somebody, you'll be tender-hearted to someone, and you'll be forgiving to someone. Now hear this, to be kind to someone, um, it's easy to be kind to people you know. It's easy to be kind to relatives, to uh, your fiancé, to your fiance. It's easy to be kind to your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your cousin. Um, it's easy to be tender-hearted to someone you are fond of, you know. But the Bible says, because of your consciousness of uh, the righteousness you have by faith in Christ Jesus, to be kind and to be tender-hearted will, will outflow your spirit. You will need to. You you will. Need, it's it's a working of the Holy Spirit. You will be tender-hearted. You will be kind to someone. You don't have to know the person. I mean. You know, one of the proof of the fact that we are believers is love for all the saints. And the scripture is very clear that the believer's trademark is love. How do we know that we are born again? Is when we see love amongst ourselves. Um, it says, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples. Right? So, I want you to know that your ability to be kind, to be tender-hearted, and to forgive people who don't even deserve your forgiveness. You might say to me, uh, say, Pastor, uh, they, they, what, what he did, I would never forgive him. What she did, I would never forgive her. But listen to me, my friend. Um, if you look at forgiveness with the perspective of you receiving forgiveness, there is nobody you can forgive. There is nobody you cannot forgive. And you must tell yourself that I'm, I am forgiving of anything and anybody. You must be able to say that to yourself. Why? Because you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. In fact, your righteousness was built on the conversation of forgiveness. Because God forgave you in Christ. He imparted righteousness into your spirit. 
And that's the way you have to be with someone. It doesn't matter what the person did to you. It doesn't matter what the person is doing. I mean, of course it was asked, Jesus, how many times do we forgive? And Jesus said, forgive uh, 70 times 7. That's about 490 times that you forgive in one day, not in one year, that you have to forgive someone. Now, even if the person is a witch, I don't know if a witch can offend you 490 times in a day, but let's say so, right? If you break 490 into an average of 16, 18 hours, uh, because for the rest of the, um, the other hours, you'll probably be sleeping. So let's say in 24 hours, we break 490 into maybe 16 or 18 hours. It would averagely come down to two minutes. So that means the person is constantly offending you every two minutes. And Jesus said, forgive that person. You have the grace to forgive anybody. Why? Because you have been forgiven. You've been forgiven what you couldn't get pardon if you had a thousand years to live your life. If you had a thousand years to live, you could not get pardon for your sin. If God extended your life and said, just keep living and see if you can make it up to me, you would never have been able to make it up to God. But through the one man, Jesus Christ, he came and he saved you by forgiving you. The Bible says God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. So you have received forgiveness of sin of sins through Jesus Christ. So there is nobody you can forgive. In view of that, you must forgive. Praise God. Then, lastly, number seven, you silence oppositions when you are conscious of your righteousness. You silence oppositions. You have boldness to silence everything that stands against you because you are conscious of your righteousness in Christ Jesus. Praise God. Let me show you a scripture. Isaiah chapter 54 verse 17. Isaiah chapter 54, verse 17. Oh, glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Can you declare with me right now? I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Let's say that again. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You know, the, the way you get conscious all the time of your righteousness according to Isaiah chapter 45 from verse 24 is the one who is able to say. So when you wake up in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening, learn to consciously say to yourself, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And then you would enjoy all the benefits of knowing that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now let's look at Isaiah chapter 54 verse 17. He says, no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. And this is the duty of the believer. This is your responsibility where you condemn everything that stands up against you in judgment. Everything that rises up against you in judgment. You silence the accusations and oppositions by declaring your righteousness in Christ and by speaking what you want to see. You cannot fall victim for the accusations of the devil. 
Because the Bible says that the accuser of the brethren, he's called the accuser of the brethren for a reason. Um, when you begin to hear accusations or sense accusations in your heart because of something you did, something wrong you did, um, you have to learn how to silence that voice. Because that's not the Holy Spirit, that's the devil who is trying to bring accusations to you. Remember the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 verse 1, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. You must not allow the voice of condemnation rise up in your heart. And you know the Bible also says, praise God, it says, that if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our heart. That's what the scripture says. So look at verse 17 of Isaiah chapter 54. He says, this is the heritage. The fact that you are able to rise up against every tongue and condemn it. He says, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. In a place of deficit, in a place where you're not prepared, in a place where you don't get things right all the time, um, that is the place where you must remember that you are the righteousness of God and silence the accusations. Because the devil would use accusations against you so that you have no ground to stand between um, um, your possession and and your peace and, and what you should enjoy. He wants you to stop He wants to stop you from entering into peace and into the blessings of God. So he will put accusations. Do you deserve it? Did you you pray this morning? Did you study your Bible this morning? Um, um, what, What about that mistake you made? You must remember there is therefore now no condemnation. You must speak that word. There is no condemnation. Silence the accusation over your family. Silence the accusation over your life. Because it is not by your merits that you stand, but you stand by what Christ has done. And every accusation will bow. Why? Because the Bible says here that their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord, not of you. Praise God. So it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter um, 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 what you're going through. You must put every accusation to a halt because you are the righteousness of God. In Christ Jesus. I believe God that you are blessed. Um, this teaching. Um, just do a recap. The benefits of your righteousness. It makes you. The benefit of the consciousness of. Your righteousness. It makes you live right. Number two. You walk in dominion. Number three. You are confident in prayer. Number four. You walk in health. And supernatural healing. Number five. You become the attraction of men. Men are attracted to you because you know you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Number six, you walk in love and in forgiveness. Number seven, you silence oppositions. Praise God. And with all these things, with all these scriptures, I believe and I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you will walk in every benefit of your righteousness. Did you know, my friend, that your wealth is connected to your righteousness consciousness? It is. Your greatness in life is connected to that because those of us who have received the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life. So we reign in life because we are conscious of the righteousness
of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Praise God. Let me say a word of prayer with you in this season and hearing the scripture. I believe that as you heard the scripture, for those who were not feeling too well, your bodies just got healed right now. Because the Bible says while he was teaching, the power of God was present to heal and to deliver. Um, depression just left somebody right now as we were speaking. Right now you know that there is no need to be depressed because he loves you and you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And also I, I, I sense in my spirit that somebody just lost every sense of fear. There is no more fear. All fear is gone. Because you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I declare over you in the name of Jesus Christ that everything that God has designed for you to enjoy, you will come into the fullness of it. You will come into the power of that experience in the name of Jesus Christ. I come against the spirit of fear. I come against the spirit of anxiety. I come against every sickness in your body. I command it to leave now in the name of Jesus Christ. I decree that you are the righteousness. Come on, say that with me, my friend. Say it with me that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Let's say it this way. I decree and declare that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I believe it. I understand it. I walk in it. I enjoy the benefits of knowing that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus. Praise God. Amen. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening and for more information about the Standpoint Church, visit our social media platform on www.facebook.com slash standpointabj, twitter.com slash standpointabj, instagram.com slash standpointabj, and on soundcloud.com slash standpointabj. 